Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. Proverbs chapter 3 and Proverbs chapter 6. I am very, very excited about this year to come. I can't tell right now if it's more for me or for you. Because I'm telling you there, the word is going to just open up to us this year to come. And I've been thinking on these things since August of this year. And so I'm ready for the first Sunday in, in all of 2021. <laughs> but I'm just telling you right now, guys, your Bibles are just going to spring open and spring alive to you. And if you have a heart and a mind to do the will of God in your life, you know, the scriptures are saying and things that God has put on you. If you know any of those things and your heart is after God, I'm telling you, this this book is going to just open up. So you're going to say, where have I been? I don't care how many years you've been a Christian. Where have I been? Because I'm, I'm telling you, the spirit of God is going to open some stuff up to us. There's some things that are going to be happening with you guys out in the streets where you work. I'm going to tell you, some stuff is going to be kicking. So, I mean, have a mind, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's the, the, the unrenewed mind is just going to get all blown away. So, and, um, well, I wanted to, and I believe this is the Lord, to proceed what we're going to get into in this year coming with this message this morning, because it's going to be important for us to approach next year with this in mind right now. So Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and then Proverbs 6, 20 through 22. And we want to talk a little bit about making the word our own personal property. We have these scriptures here. We have these Bibles. God speaks from his heart. It's his word, but in order for it to be meaningful and active and alive for us, we've got to make it our own. It's not much if it's just on the pages. I'm talking about as far as it being alive and active in our lives. We've got to make it our own. Every, every single one of us has to make that decision. You can't live by somebody else's revelation or somebody else's relationship with the Lord. That word has to become your own, so much so that you would stake your very life and existence on it. And you wouldn't turn away from it because you know that what God has said is true. And not just because he's not a liar, but because it's become real to you. Amen. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck, write them upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And in chapter 6, verses 20 through 22. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. When you go, it shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall keep you. And when you awake, it shall talk with you. 
Now, in these scriptures, I, I want us to notice and observe the personal relationship that one who meditates the word has with the word. Right, you notice there's some personal things here that are, that are talked about that happen when the, the, the scriptures tell us about the one who keeps that word. Number one, long life, peace, favor, and good understanding in the sight of God and man are things that come out of a person who revolves that word around on the inside and, and makes it his or her own. Then also guidance, safekeeping, and conversation. I, I, I like what chapter 6, verse 22 says. It says, when you go, it shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall keep you. And when you awake, it shall talk with you. So it's like when we decide we're going to make this word our own, that word begins to lead, guide, protect, uh, and converse with us. It's like that same night I was going, I talked to you, I stopped in that store. The reason I stopped in that store, I was going somewhere else in my mind. And on the inside of me rose up to go here. I couldn't find what I was looking for. And it didn't seem like this was the most likely place that I would find it. But the voice rose up on the inside. And so I was going and I get in the right lane and made the turn real quick. And when I got there, I found what I was looking for. I didn't think I was going to find it there. Well, see, these are the kind of things that happen. And when we decide that we want, we want that word for ourselves, that we want it to be real to us, these are things that the Bible teaches us will happen in our lives. Scriptures, they'll, they'll become the living word of God to us in all the areas of our lives when we need it. Now, of course, none of us have arrived yet, but we're on our way, right? Amen. You just say, I'm on, tell your neighbor, I'm on my way. I hope you are, too. If you ain't, you better be. You can tell the rest of that. It's okay. <laughs> but now, there's, there's a constant binding and inscribing of the word on the heart of the one who regurgitates it. <laughs> Somebody said, why do you say regurgitate? Well, I say regurgitate, or we could use the word ruminate as well, because when we look at that word neck, in both of these scriptures, it's really an interesting word in the Hebrew. Yep, it means that when we, when we take something and we, we when, you know, an animals that ruminate, all right, the ones that have two stomachs, all right, they'll bring it back up and then refine it a little bit more and swallow it, swallow, swallow. That's Texas, all right, swallow, swallow, swallow it again. And so the, the, what the scriptures are doing when talking to us about making the word our own, that it talks to us in this language about just revolving this stuff around. Don't run through it real quick and, and then, you know, go on to something else. So take a little bit of time sometimes to take what the scriptures say and roll them around. I mean, there's, there's times we can get so nervous, I think, that we, we want to see something happen real quick or need something to happen real quick. And we think, if I get like a machine gun, <laughs> there's something going to happen with the word. But some, we just need to settle into the scriptures and make it a lifestyle of meditating in the word. Don't get in a hurry. Just take, chill out. Take your time. Take a scripture. 
Sit down. Get your knife and fork. Cut it. Take a small bite. Savor it. Put a little seasoning on it. Cut it up a little smaller. And just sit there and chew. And then your mind will want to go just go and just say, be quiet. Mind. And just listen. Chew a little bit. So the scripture talks to us about the meditator on the word of God. The one who will take that word and revolve it around in the mind. Who'll chew it. Who'll bring it back up. Somebody say, ew. It's okay. They'll bring it back up and then they'll chew it some more, refine it, and swallow it again. See, for us to make the word our own, that's the pathway to it. What we do in meditation has a lot to do with that. Because we're taking the time to see how that word affects us and what it can do to make changes on the inside of us, where our thinking, our desires, our motivations are concerned. Many times in our lives we have things that are going on on the inside of us we don't like. Well, how do you think we're going to change them? Just by moaning and groaning and crying out to God? Well, he's given us some tools to work with to where if we take this word and work on making it our own, some of the things that we don't like on the inside of us will be able to change. I remember talking, we had a Bible study here a number of Wednesdays ago, and Somehow we got to talking about some things, and I, you know, we talked about some of the people over the years and some of the reasons that they left covenant love. And one of the reasons is that because when the word becomes alive and active, and God begins to show you who you are in Christ, and then you match that against what's running all around in your mind, and you think. No, I I really am not the righteousness of God in Christ. Because you look at all this behavior that's going on in your life that is contrary to that, and your thought processes that are contrary to that, and then this word shines a light on you, and many people don't want to deal with that. They'd rather run than to deal with, say, okay, you know what, Lord, you showed me something about me in my mind, Here's the real me in you. Here's my thinking and how I've been acting. Now, when many people won't do it, they won't let God take who the real them is and have that renew their minds and their thinking. Rather than doing that, they want to stay over here with how their conduct is and not accept the challenge of coming together with who God really says they are. So instead of doing that, they get up and book. They run. That's what you say when growing up in New York. When they say they booking, I mean they out of here. Okay. So this word will change. Will bring change to the inside of us if we'll work with it and give it some time. Say, give it some time. Okay. 
the word to be, for the word to be alive and personal to us, whether it be for wisdom, understanding, knowledge, a strong and vibrant confession that brings results in life, one has to feed on the word. Now, we would think that a people like us would automatically know and understand that. But I have found out over the years that many folks who have been around the word for a long, long time don't understand the fact that they have to feed on the word. Now, think about this for a moment. If you were going to sit down and eat a nice meal, how many people like steak? Anybody here like steak? Okay, a lot of hands went up. Okay, good. good thing. All right. You have a nice steak, some broccoli. Anybody like broccoli? A lot of people like broccoli. Oh, good. Okay. How many of you like sweet potatoes? Okay. So let's say you got a nice meal, nice piece of steak, broccoli, baked sweet potato, or maybe some whipped sweet potatoes with some cinnamon and allspice and maybe some honey or some brown sugar in them, you know. And you, get, you, got, you got a knife and fork, you're sitting down to eat this thing. How many of you are going to take that, pick that plate up and just go, Vroom. If would anybody here going to do that? I don't think so. The way that we eat, the way that we should eat, is we take our time with it, and whatever is large there, we break it down into smaller pieces. And we chew it. And especially, think about the, the favorite steak that you like to eat. Most of you raise your hand and say you like steak. What's your favorite steak? Somebody said ribeye. 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 Some of y'all like that fat on that meat there. You hold up all that flavor in it, huh? What else? What other kind of steak you like? Prime rib. Prime rib. Ooh, look ahead. Sirloin. T-bone. You like the tenderloin on the T-bone, too. All right, but now think about it, all right? And, you, and it's nice. It's seasoned real nice. And so when that joke gets in front of you, you're thinking, mmm. <laughs> and so you're going to cut it, and you're going to chew on it, and you're going to let all them juices... Mm. Right? And you're going to think, man, this is good. And then you're going to take some of the broccoli and potato. You're going you're you're to take your time to eat that meal. At least you should. Most people would. But you got to take the time, cut it up, break it down so that it can go into the system called your body. It can be digested and then move to all the different areas that it needs to go to to provide nourishment. Now, it's amazing that many, many people of the word don't realize that that's the way we need to do the scriptures. That's right. If I'm going to make that word my own, then I'm going to have to take the time to do that. Now, one of the issues is is that it takes time. And sometimes we're all in such a hurry that we don't take the kind of time that we need to do that. Now, there's a reason I'm going here with this, because I'm telling you, some of the stuff that's going to come out in this year to come, we're going to have to take the time with it to make it our own. It's not just going to automatically go, oh, yeah, uh-huh. No, you're going to take time with it. And if, if you listen to me now, 
And when these things start coming out, and you'll take time with these things that are going to come out, it's going to be a whole new world for you. Christianity is going to be a whole new world for you. You're going to think, this is what really a Christian is supposed to be like? This is what Christianity really is about? <laughs> it's going to be a whole new ball game. And it's going to be different when you get involved in the lives of other people and you start bringing the word to them because you're going to bring it to them with an understanding that they never even thought Christianity was all about. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And what God has for us, see, because let me, let me tell you something. I don't care who you and I are. And what we think we know, God is never going to change. And so if we're not getting it right, he's just going to be right here. It's kind of like, I'm just waiting on y'all. It's kind of like all through the centuries. The church has had all these ideas about revival and outpouring and God coming and all this and that. And, and all these different ideas for what the church should be doing. And God just saying, well, I'm going to just wait on two. I'm going to get a gener generation or two that's going to get it right. And so I'm just going to chill out. Generations have gone by. People have thought, the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming. And they put the Lord's coming in the rapture up there at the, fr at, at the front of, of the, the issue here. And that's not the front of the issue. And so we've had generations come and go. Leaders have come and proclaimed it and died. And um, stuff's still going on. There are things that God wants the church to zero in on and to develop in and to take care of certain types of business and stuff not going to be over until the church does what it's supposed to do. So God's just going to just... Because he ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> and he's just going, the church going to have to get it right. Amen. Amen. And people pray for revival, expect the move of God. And God's saying, what you waiting on? What you praying about? Go trigger something. What you waiting on me to do something for? You waiting on this great grand outpouring and generations keep waiting. Before he left, he told everybody, he said, get up and go. Who want to pray and wait? The Holy Ghost is here. The word's here. Everything we need. Cause sparks and flames and everything to go. It's all here. We ain't waiting on God. <laughs> We're not waiting on the Lord. He waiting on us to get up and do something. Get, 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 get up. <laughs> why'd, I, why'd I go there? Oh. <laughs> He's not going to change. So we're going to have to find out what his priorities are I'm going to tell you, folks, this year coming, you're going to find out some priorities of his like you ain't never found out before. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. I'm just trying to get our heads ready. 
Because that Bible in your lap right now is going to be a whole new book. It's going to be a new book. So now, I've got to feed on the word. Just like that meal, that steak, and that broccoli, and those sweet potatoes. All right, and then tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to want something different that I like. All right, any of you like omelets? Anybody? All right, with some toast? All right. You're going to do the same thing. Some other meal that you have, you're going to feed on your food. And notice, you're not going to down it all at one time, and you're not going to eat every meal in life all at one time. You're not going to eat two meals, and all of a sudden, uh, you're going to be buff, nourished. No, it's a process. And so feeding is a process, and we're going to have to do it like we eat every day, however often we eat. It's going to have to be that way with the world. We're going to have to feed on it and give it time to settle in so that growth and development, insight, and all that stuff can take place. Still here. We have to be people who don't get tired of doing the same thing over and over again, constantly, consistently. We can't be people who get tired of repetition. Repetition is one of the major tools that God will work into our lives to help us to grow and develop. We can't get tired of that. We've got to learn how to be constant and who, how to do the same thing over and over and over again. Somebody said, man, I just don't like that. Well, in the kingdom, you're going to have to learn that that's part of the developmental process. It's, it's, these things, I, 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 I've always liked to look at the way that certain types of people would handle themselves. I look at athletes. Look, you look at, I would love to look at athletes, and I like to look at certain ones who were the successful ones. I used to look years ago, because, I mean, I like boxing. I didn't want box. I know there's a guy, when I was growing up, he said, I'm going to make you a little boxer. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not for me. But I, I liked it because I liked the art of it. I liked the skill part of it, and I like to watch guys that did their homework and who worked. I used to, Marvin Hagler was a favorite boxer of mine. And he had a work ethic that was just, I mean, it was crazy. And when he got in the ring, I think he would, would he, he lose about maybe three or four fights in his career. But when he got in the ring, I, I, I would watch from time to time the fight he had with Thomas Hearns. It was a war. Some of y'all don't like boxing. Some of you may not even know what I'm talking about. Okay, but anyway. But anyway <laughs> I would like to, to look at and watch the routine that some of these guys had. Their training, the way that they would train. And the ones that trained, right, that never got lazy, that took their training seriously, you could tell when they got in the ring, how long they would hold on to their belt. Because they didn't get tired of doing the same thing 
over and over and over again. And even when it got monotonous, it's like they kept the same vision before them. I'm gonna do. I got to run, however many miles. I got to get this. This guy's got to hit me. I got to hit them bags. I got to do. I got to jump. I got to do everything. Everything I do, and I can't get. I can't get lazy. The ones that got lazy when they. I mean, they got up and they got fat and lazy. Distracted. Guys like Mike Tyson. Now you imagine a guy like that keeping his focus for his entire career? Who's going to beat him? But he didn't do it. See, so I like to watch these kinds of things and watch the work ethic of people. Sports and athletes, athletics. And I think about that where my Christianity is concerned. And I think, wow, man. How am I working out with the word and God every day? What's that like with me? What am I doing? And some of us can ask ourselves the same questions. Because these people, some of these guys would, keep, would, would count things to be so important that they would put their families aside their relationships with their wives aside for the period of time that they were in training, they wouldn't touch their wives. They say, what? Yeah. Because they had to keep their focus if they're going to bring home the bread for mama to have something to buy. So they would do the same thing over and over again. And I look at the scriptures and I look at some of the, the things that it has to say to me. Y'all may not want this right now, so I'm going to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Like Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate when he feels like it and is convenient. Oh, not a, not a good scripture read. It wasn't. How would I say it? My bad. Okay. <laughs> and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, you got to take that off the pages, and it's got to mean whatever it's going to mean to you to make it what it needs to be in that third verse. Because he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I like it because he enlightens us. It, it, now, think about a tree by the rivers of water. Them roots are going to be sucking up everything that's good for it. And not only that, but its growth is going to be serious in both directions. Not just upward, downward, sideward, all over the place. And from drawing nourishment like that and drawing water like that, it's going to be a fruitful tree. Now, how many of us as Christian people want to be fruitful? Not everybody raised their hand on that one. 
We've got some at half mast that kind of. <laughs> but we should want to be fruitful. Okay, now we don't, we're not going to be fruitful but just by wishing. <laughs> All right. It, it's going to take some nourishment and drawing off of the right things from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, drawing things in and making them my own so to become a part of the system of me to where I'm living them. Like Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And as a branch, you can't do it on your own. You got to draw, you got to get that life from some other source. And that life comes from God. And so there's got to be a vital connection to the life. And the way that I deal with that word and the spirit of God, that, that's my vital connection. Joshua 1.8. So I said, Pastor, I know these scriptures. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know them too. And sometimes I thought, I thought I knew them. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall do what? Meditate therein day and night that you may observe. And I always thought that was interesting. Because one of the things that will come out of our meditation is being able to see what God is saying and how to do. God bless you. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. So now the word in the right environment will produce what it takes for me to declare and be a doer of the word. Now, if I am going to speak God's word, now this, this, this only applies for people who are interested in being like the Father. <laughs> okay, because there's some people that it, it doesn't make any difference to them and they don't think talking the word is any big deal. But if you're interested, if we're interested in being like the father and declaring things and things coming to pass because we say them. Then this is important. This is part of our maturity. If we if we really want to grow up into Christ in all things, we should be talking like God talks and getting talking results like God gets, right? All right? Now, a lot of us know that. And so we, we begin to talk and speak, but many times, many of us forget that we got to feed on God and feed on him. See, there's something about the structure of this inward man, a combination of the spirit and the soul. There's something about the heart of man that we got to feed on the God who lives on the inside of us. And then we got to feed on the word. For it to, how would I say, cause us to be virile when we speak. In other words, we can produce some results. But we can get off into just yapping and not making time to connect with the Holy Spirit and the Word. And so a lot of times we end up just making noise because we don't take time 
to hang with the Spirit of God and the Word and give it an opportunity to become real to us where we're talking out of some wisdom and some understanding and not just... How many of you have ever in your life got a confession of something going on on the inside of you and you knew good and well when you started speaking something was missing? Anybody admit to that? That you just wouldn't, you wouldn't hitting the nail on the head. But you knew you were saying the right things. Right? See, there has to be some time taken to settle in with the Lord and settle in with that word to where it becomes real, alive, and active inside of us first. Meditation has a lot to do with that, even though there are all the realities of who you and I are. In Christ, all this stuff is real. But there's a way things have to become vital and living in our lives. And a lot of that has to do with what we do in taking time to just be before the Spirit of God and the Word and feeding and feeding and eating and letting things start rising up inside of us where we start seeing things. Took me a while to see some things about talking. Because I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk. And I sure, surely didn't want to stand up in front of y'all and be talking. I don't mean that we, when I say that, I mean I didn't want to stand up in front of people and be talking. I ran from that. I ran from that. I ran from that. And now I run to it. And it's getting to be such a charge in me that it's running to just stopping out in the middle of the street and shouting the word of God out. But see, that has to be seen on the inside. When we talk about praying for boldness, then when you, when you start praying for that, you, you, when you go to that, like in Acts chapter 4, when they prayed that, and you think, all right, I got to see myself in that picture. And when he starts rising up inside of you like that, and you start seeing the picture from there, it's like, ah, it becomes a living part of you. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Okay. It's there. All of it's there. But there's a way it has to become alive to each of us. To attempt a confession, God bless you, <laughs> that brings results without continually feeding on the word is like attempting to have a strong, healthy body without proper and continual nourishment and exercise. Think about it. Just think about it. Man, I'm, 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 I'm going to be super buff. And every day I work out, but I only eat every two days. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to wear out, and I'm going to eventually start going backwards. 
because there's not enough nourishment coming into the body to help keep it going. There's not enough protein coming in to help build. So my, my, my desires are good and nice, but I'm not eating enough. So I'm going to have to be able to consume what I need to go into the system called my body and then help me to produce what I need to keep growing and becoming stronger. And I'm going to have to keep moving as well. Does it make sense to you? So if I don't do that, then I'm not going to have any strength. Well, think about it. If I don't keep my vital connection with the Spirit of God and his word, there's not going to be a demonstration or manifestation of strength in areas in my Christian life. And especially when it comes to, to speaking and declaring what God has to say. If I ain't feeding on it, I'm going to, the engine's going to run down and I'm just not even going to say much anymore. I got to keep feeding on what God says. You have to do that, right? Now, here's another challenge that we have because what we're talking about in feeding on God is where all of this takes place in the unseen. (laughs) I can't see this word working in me. Just like I can't see protein in my body. I can't see minerals and vitamins in my body doing their work in. I can't see that. And so sometimes because we don't see things, we don't give them the import that they should have or we don't stay with them. Because my senses don't realize. It's just like with my body. If I don't stay with it and keep, you know, it's nothing's going to happen. But if, if I do, I'm thinking, man, I've been, I've been, I've been, man, I've been taking vitamin C for three weeks. It don't seem like nothing happening. See, over a period of time, then you think one day you realize, oh, I ain't sniffling like I used to sniffle. All of a sudden, you just realize something happened. It's just like, oh, really? And it's the same way with this word. There are times you may be working on something on the inside of you, and it seems like nothing's changing. And then all of a sudden, one day, you see stuff differently. And you say, where did that come from? It came from feeding. And eventually, what you were feeding on broke out, and it's like, man, my thinking's changed. What? I ain't scared no more. When did that happen? I just got bold. When did that happen? It's almost like it sneaks up on you. And come. People tell me for years, I'm the righteousness of God. You're the righteousness of God. I don't feel like that, but one day it went bam. Oh, that's who I really am. Oh, that's the real me. 
And so even if I miss the mark, I'm not throwing my salvation away. I realize that's just an action that was contrary to my nature, but I apply the blood of Jesus, and I just get right on back here. This is who I am. Huh. And somebody used to be able to come along and tell you, man, you are sinking nobody. You're never going to be nothing, and just beat you over the head, and you used to cower down to it, and all of a sudden one day it wrote, wait a minute, who you think you're talking to? <laughs> You ain't talking to a sinner man no more. You're talking to the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you're talking to. And so you're trying to beat me down? I ain't even going to listen to you no more. That's right. You're going to try to beat me down? Forget it. No, that's not me no more. And I won't even answer to you. This is what comes up on the inside of you. You realize, like, Wow. And so now what that should be an encouragement to do is to keep feeding on particular, and just keep feeding. Because the way that happened is the way things will happen in other areas of life if we just keep things rolling. And like, you don't see it, you don't feel it, but here's the confidence that we have to have. We have to have a confidence on the God who's on the inside of us. We have to have a confidence on the we, the real us who's in here. And we have to have a confidence in the fact that the Bible says that the word of God, it will bring forth fruit if it's in the right environment. And so when you get started with it, you just take the word and you keep feeding. It may look like nothing's going on, but you just keep feeding and thanking God and feeding and praising and doing the things that you're supposed to do. All of a sudden, things start to look different and things start to happen. Everybody still here? Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4 and verse 20. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. It's working. The word is working. The word is working mightily in me. <laughs> the word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. We just have that confidence in the fact that the word will do what it needs to do if I do what I need to do. And it's just that simple. I do my part, and I'll let the word do its part. It's always working, even though I don't feel like it. Even though I don't feel like it. <laughs> if I just stay with it and feed on it, and do all the things I need to do to keep my heart, my inside, into, in a position to work with it, it's going to be all right. And after a while in your Christian life, you get that confidence that no matter what's going on, somehow or another, it's going to be all right. But that never happens if I don't Take time to do it right, right now. Here's this last scripture for us right here. Luke 10, 38 through 42. My private environment must be like my environment at church or where I may be sitting under the instruction of the word being taught. 
in an environment like this, when we're in it like this, sometimes I'm sitting down and other people are ministering. You know, it, it's like that for all of us. When, when you're in that environment and there's somebody that's got the ointment on them, <laughs> the anointing, okay, and, and the word is flowing out of them, it becomes easy to receive, and it's like you start seeing things while the word is coming out. If, I mean, if you're hungry and you're wanting stuff, you see stuff. Stuff is hitting you in your mind, your heart. Stuff is, pictures are coming together. And form. You're seeing stuff that maybe you didn't see before or things are being confirmed that you heard before. You're being encouraged and you're thinking, man, this is coming out good. I can do this. And this kind of, you, I can do this. But now you got to get up and go home. And so Monday morning comes. And Tuesday morning comes. And all of the pressures and the distractions of life come. I got to do this. Got to do that. A bug's flying around the house. There's a lint on the floor. Oh, God, I didn't do the dishes before I went to bed. Got laundry today. So somehow I have to work on getting some kind of environment for myself to where I can take blocks of time and just think about God and his word. It doesn't mean that I don't do that during the day. But there are times that I just need to settle down without any other distraction and just feed on the lawn. But first I got stuff to do. Okay, my bad. You're in a world by yourself. Special case. It's like none of us got nothing to do. <laughs> Everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody. No matter how old you are. You could be four years old and your toys are the most important thing in the world to you. <laughs> you got something going on. Everybody's got something going on. <laughs> right? Right. Luke 10 from verse 38. We're familiar with this, I'm sure. Most of us, if not all of us, are familiar with this scripture, but it is such a good illustration. Luke 10 from verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 you're careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Would you look at somebody, please, and just tell them, one thing is needful. And look at somebody else, please, and just tell them, one thing is needful. Now, look, Jesus said this. I didn't say Jesus said it. He said, one thing is needful. <laughs> and Martha has chosen that good part, that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, folks, serving is wonderful. It's good. It has its place. We all should serve. Martha was doing something good. 
but she's doing too much of it. And at the wrong time. Because she was cumbered, so cumbered about it that she couldn't sit down. I mean, you think about it. What, 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 how do you, well, all right. How do you think you would, if Jesus just came and sat down here this morning and said, you know what I'm going to do, y'all? I'm going to take some time and I'm going to talk to you about your redemption. And I'm just going to walk you personally through all of the footsteps that I took in redeeming you. What would you think of that? Would you be thinking about lunch? Hmm, somebody say that. Would you be thinking about vacuuming the floor? Would you think about, oh, there's a spot on that wall. I need to paint that wall. Oh, there's a bulb out over there. Oh, oh there's a bulb out there. I need to change them bulbs. Now, somebody get me a ladder. Uh, but the master's sitting here talking. Oh, I need to sew this cushion back together. But see, that's where Martha's head was at. I got to feed all these people. Who's going to help me? My sister's supposed to help me, Jesus. And then you're going to butt in on him while he's sharing good stuff and say, my sister, would you tell her, tell her to help me? <laughs> now think about how dumb that would look. That must have been that. Must have looked outrageously stupid. <laughs> He's sitting and teaching and sharing stuff. And she's so busy clanging stuff and then gets mad at her sister and then wants to get upset with the Lord. See, sometimes we just got to settle down. And if we can't settle down, we need to figure out how we can settle down. If we got all these distractions, we need to figure out how we can get rid of some of the distractions so that we can settle down. Maybe we're doing too much. Whether it's work, recreation, whatever, maybe we're just doing too much, taking too much of a load or whatever. Maybe we're doing too much. And we need to set some stuff aside or maybe make somebody else be responsible for some stuff and sit down and chill out with that book and with the Holy Ghost. I had to make a decision in my life a number of years ago. Now, I look at myself and I'm always, for me, I'm, I want my capacity for things to increase. But I had to learn a long time ago that you can't take on all of the responsibilities of things that other people are supposed to do. I was, I was in my 20s. And I had started having pain shooting up and down my arm and my shoulder here. And I thought, whoa, hold up. That ain't supposed to be happening to somebody, and especially 27 years old. See, I was taking on all these things that other people weren't doing, and I was doing some good stuff. But I was taking on and trying to do stuff that other people should have been doing. And it was putting a strain on me. So I learned right then. That's, that's when I learned that lesson. And so I just said, nah, 
And I said, also, I'm going to learn and understand what it means to relax. Just chill out. Just chill out. You can't do everything. You can't do everything. <laughs> and when everything starts to break into and pull you away from this, you're doing too much. Doing too much. Doing too much. For me in my life, and this is a, this is a war, a battle that you'll probably fight almost every day of your life. Because there's always going to be something that's going to try to pull you away from the one thing that's needful. Always. I guarantee, I don't care how spiritual you get. You'll get up in the morning and where's that noise coming from? And there it goes. If you don't, if you don't stay focused and locked in, you're gone. Because then after that, then something goes, And then, <laughs> then this stuff is just coming from everywhere. So you just got to decide. I'm going to feed. How many of you, when you sit down to eat, you don't like nobody bothering you? Is there anybody like that? Come on, be honest. See, come on, let me see. Get up, get the flag up in here. You, you just, you, you want to eat your food. <laughs> Some of you say, it get that bad. You go, I'm going to go lock myself in the room. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else, go in the backyard, I'm, whatever I need to do. But I'm going to eat my food in peace, All right? Sometimes you got to systematically figure out a way. You know what? Whatever I need to do to get this time that I need, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. All right, so I want you all to take this from today. And I want you to keep this in mind for this year to come. Because I'm telling you guys, <laughs> it's going to be so important to lock in. It's going to be good, but you got to be somebody who's locked in. And so what I share with you by the Holy Ghost on these times that we get together this year to come, you're going to have to take it real seriously and you're going to have to take your time and lock in. There are good things that all of us are doing that some of us need to just say, you know what, I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to feed on God. I'm going to feed on my redemption. I'm going to feed on this life. Okay. You got it. 1227. 20. Ready for 2021. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. 
For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.